Welcome to the Haters Press Conference podcast. This is the first place, some say only, where you can hear football's leading managers' press conferences in full. Thank you. Hi, Ange. Have you got any fresh injury worries, any returning players, and in particular, Poro and Udogi? Are they fit to play? Yeah, no, um, yeah we've had... Um Sort of a couple of setbacks this week. Destiny um, obviously picked up a little bit of a, a knock last week and, um, yeah, um, not available for tomorrow. Don't think it's anything too serious. Uh, with no game next weekend, he, he should be back. Um, Pedro picked up a, a strain of training. Um, again, probably a couple of weeks for him. Um, with with a game break, hopefully uh, doesn't miss too many. And... Uh, yeah, probably the, the major one for us is Fraser Foster. Got a knock at training, got a bit of a fracture in his foot, so he'll uh, he'll probably miss yeah, uh, conservatively a couple of months now. So, um, so they're the main three uh, coming back. Nothing changed from last week. Everyone was available. In terms of performances, I think it's the best points tally for this stage of a campaign in, in the last five seasons. You've scored in every league game this season. What do you send to the players at this point when it comes to meeting targets for the season or maybe setting targets between now and the end of the season? Um, yeah, I don't think you can sort of be specific around it. I mean, what, we, we're trying, what we want to do is try and finish the season you know, really strong. Um, we started the season strong and then obviously we had some, some challenges kind of through that middle period that we handled it not too bad. Um, you know, obviously the results weren't great, but our sort of competitive levels were, were still decent through that time and it's about finishing the season strong. I don't think <coughs> it's any different to any other team. Um, you can have sort of specific targets but ultimately if we can finish the season strong we'll, we'll be in a decent position. And away from Tottenham it's obviously been a difficult week for Roy Hodgson. I just want to talk about the pressures of management and, and any support for, for him at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't really sort of, I don't think it's my place to talk about Roy or, or kind of his situation right now or his health for that matter because they're all private matters. But, you know, everyone knows the standing he has in the game. And, um, you know, it's, look, it's a weird sort of occupation we have. Um, there aren't many where, you know, people um, pretty much, you know, dictate to or try and create a narrative where you're pretty much finished and then are also putting up your replacement um, while you're still in the position. But that's the way the world these days. I guess we sign up for it, so um, we kind of, well, everyone expects it. But, um, yeah, I don't think it diminishes Roy standing in the game in any way. And uh, above all, hopefully, uh, he bounces back quickly. Hi, good afternoon. I want to ask you about um, the partnership between Mickey van der Ven and Christian Romero. It takes time to build this type of uh, balance and... and and chemistry and understanding and trust. How surprised or how impressed are you with the way they managed to build this relationship? Yeah, it's been really pleasing. Um, as you said, like centre-back partnerships, um, you know, most of the time, you know, they, they tend to build together because you need so much understanding in a crucial part of the game where a lot of it is almost unspoken, where, you know, you need to be able to understand each other's game and... <coughs> I think they, they complement each other really well. I think I've just been super impressed with Romero this year, the way he's, I already knew he was one of the best defenders in the world, but the way he's kind of tackled the whole leadership area and, 
you know, really sort of become disciplined in his play and how he's not just Mickey, but the other players, you know, he's kind of really guiding them in the right way. But especially Mickey and, you know, Mickey, I've already spoken about um, <coughs> the way he's adjusted to the Premier League um, has been outstanding. So it, it's great for those those two. Obviously, we missed both of them during the, the middle part of the year. So um, it's good to get having both back out there. Question about uh, Brennan Johnson, please. Uh, becoming a bit of a super sub. We saw the goal against Brighton, the goal against Brentford as well. Uh, how impressed you've been with him with his, with his role in the team? Yeah, again, uh, you know, look, I always feel it's harder for attacking players because invariably people just measure them against one thing and particularly, you know, in Brennan's case, he's a young man and, and, you know, there's a transfer fee attached and then people just measure it on one thing. But, you know, we didn't mm. buy sort of bring Brennan to the club just for this year. He was he's here for the long term and I, I know he's gonna grow a lot more. He's probably played <coughs> certainly started more games than I thought he would, but again we've had some real issues um, you know, with injuries uh, during the early part of the year and yeah, he's tackled every task, you know, really well and, you know, he's <coughs> he's got a couple of goals. You know, people forget he's been unlucky a couple of times, hit the post here and there. So but ultimately that's you know, he knows that yeah, you know, the measure for for attacking players at any football club, especially the big ones, is is sort of your output in that final third. And um, you know, pleased for him that he's getting those rewards. Wolves have been one of the most uh, pleasant surprises of the season. Uh, you remember the game back back in November. What do you expect for them this weekend? Um, pretty much what you've got from them all year. You know, I think Gary's done an outstanding job. Um, you know, they've got you know they really they work hard for each other. They're, they're a well organised team. We saw that. Yeah, when we played them at their place. Um, you know, they, they worked hard to the last minute and got the result. And they've also got some, you know, some pretty, you know, special individual players um, in that group as well. And um, yeah, they're always a threat going forward. They're, they're exciting when they run with the ball. So you know, we're expecting a tough game, but I think you get to this point of the year, and uh, you know, I don't think there'll be too many easy ones because everyone's got something to play for. I think, um, and um, you know, we're expecting a tough one. Rob, uh, Ryan Sessignon was involved in training yesterday. Where is he in terms of his fitness and is he someone who could potentially be back in the first team squad soon? Um, yeah, look, he's, he's back training, which is the first step. Now he's just got to sort of put a body of work together at training and then we'll kind of assess it from there. But, um, yeah, this is kind of the first week he's had with us. Um, yeah, with Cess, it's just a matter of, like I said, it's just it's about getting a body work together. It gives him confidence, gives us confidence that he's that his that his body will be good. And so far, yeah, this week he's uh, he's trained well, um, done everything he's, he's been asked of, and uh, hopefully that continues. See so someone you want to get on the pitch sooner rather than later. I mean, has all the qualities you want. In it's the same as mate. everyone else, mate. No different. I want all of them to be out there. I want all of them to be available. He's no different. Obviously, he's gone through a tough time, but. Yeah, there's no point in me sort of putting any extra sort of pressure on him. He's he knows kind of his biggest hurdle is just going to be being out there um, for a prolonged time. He kind of had a false start when we got him out there a few weeks back because you know we had a lot of injuries. But you know, like I said, with Cess, it's just about him getting a body of work together, and then he'll feel better and he'll I think he'll feel more confident about taking an opportunity. After the Wolves game tomorrow, we've got a two week break. Is is that beneficial time on the training pitch with your players or would you just rather have another game? Yeah, no, you, probably this kind of time of the year, you'd, you'd, you'd rather have a game because, you know, you kind of, we've only got one a week anyway. We're obviously not in Europe, not in the Cup. So it also means that, you know, that game's going to get jammed somewhere where, you know, we're going to have to play, um, you know, some 
pretty big fixtures in a short space of time. So I'd much rather have a game, but we've kind of known we're not going to have that game next weekend, so we're, we're planning um, accordingly. Thanks, so Charlie. <clears throat> you just wait for the microphone. Oh, Um, just wanted to ask you then, without Destiny and Pedro, how that affects the way you play. Maybe it doesn't, that it's just other people have got to step in and do that role because they've been so important to how you've played this season. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it doesn't change the way we play, but I think I've, I've said in the past that every player brings their own sort of unique um, you know, abilities to, to each position. Um, the structure won't change, the, the manner in which we we kind of set up won't change, but you know, different players bring different attributes. and. Uh, yeah, Pedro and, and Destiny have been sort of you know, standing for us this year. Um, you know, Pedro's pretty much played every game, apart from maybe the first one where he didn't start. And, uh, <coughs> and Destiny, every time he's been out there for us, has been really important. They're both improving, but as I said, you know, they're, they're missing now and it'll be an opportunity for a couple of other guys to come in and um, you know, um, make sure that we, we maintain our, the levels we've kind of set so far. One of those players obviously could be Radu. What have you made of him so far? Has he been kind of desperate to get a start? He's been great, you know. He's working hard, and but you know, it, it's you know, he was at Genoa and he was playing. If just playing was all he was interested in, he would have stayed at Genoa. You know, if you want to move to big clubs, that's part of the process, and he knew that. That's why he took, and you know, that's why you got. You know, I wanted him here because he knew the challenge of coming here. Um, you know, and and and. Playing was not going to just be a given. It's it's about you know working away, and he's adapting. You know we play a lot differently to what he's used to. He's, we've used him in games, and I think he's done well when we've used him. And again, we didn't buy him for for six months. We bought him for, to this football club for a long time to be here for a long time. And we already seen this year, you know, losing our two central defenders. What an impact that had on our season. Well, I don't want that to happen in the future. So Radu. He's here for that, and over the next sort of you know three four months before the end of the season, you know it's about him adapting and and working hard. But he's been outstanding at training, great attitude, really great amongst the players. The players are really kind of uh, can see the qualities he has, and uh, he's ready to play. Just on another topic, I wanted to ask: Was that event yesterday for Proud Lily White celebrating ten years at the LGBTQ um, plus <coughs> fan group? And just how important to you and to the club is that inclusivity? Because it feels like Spurs are one of the kind of leading clubs, and it's that group has kind of led the way. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I feel sort of, yeah, like I said, that the club is is it's very very important to the club. For me, it's it's a bit different. I, I, I just take people as they are. I've never understood why you try and treat people differently for anything in life. And um, you know, the, the I guess the fact that we have to have, you know, such a um, sort of um, different um, take on these things is is kind of beyond me where I am in my life. But it's great that the club, you know, has been at the forefront of this. I know the guys came down to, to, to training and um, you know, I had a chat to a few of them. They're really proud of what they've done the last ten years, and hopefully that keeps growing. And uh, yeah, and hopefully you know, it, 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 rather than sort of us being the, a standard bearer in some form, it just becomes the norm. Has that changed? Sorry, just a follow-up. Has that changed a lot since you know that inclusivity awareness since you've been in the game, and has it changed enough? Oh, I guess. Mate, yeah, it made the world's changed. You know, it's um, you got no idea, mate. You got no idea how much the world's changed. I still remember uh, I was in the city with my kids uh, yesterday, and they saw a phone booth, and they didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> they said, "That's how I used to call your mum." So. Uh, 
the world has the world has changed a lot. Okay, James, please. Hi, Ange. Um, I don't know <coughs> if you've seen any of it, but there have been um, some reports this week suggesting you may be on Liverpool's shortlist to replace Jurgen Klopp. <coughs> Just wondered if there was anything you could say about that or wanted to say about that. I may be on a shortlist. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd ever say anything about that because I don't think that's ever going to enter my sort of brain space uh, for what I'm, uh, for what's my priorities in life and, and in my profession right now. And um, yeah, no. You must feel though you're only just getting started here at Tottenham. Well, I am. Yeah, not just feel I am. I've only been here for seven months, so I think that's self-explanatory. Uh, you know, but it pains to say that you know we're, we're still, you know, we've still got a long way to go in terms of. The football we want to play, you know, the, the the team we want to be, the the squad we want to have, you know, we've had I think two positive windows. I think we've had a a decent campaign so far, but you know, we, we've got a long way to go. Do you think there's any doubt at all that you'll be here next season? Um, you see, that, but that's that's what I'm talking about. That's the funny space when we talk about managers. You know, when we're not going well, then they're questioning, you know, whether we're going to be here. When you potentially are going okay then they're still questioning about whether you're going to be here and the reality is most of it's out of our hands so I've never worried I've never thought about that I I've got a history of 26 years of management where you can see pretty clear what I do and I rely on that as my explanation as to where my thought processes are with all those kind of things but uh, like I said right now it's about finishing the season strong with Tottenham and, and making sure that you know, we, we, we're kind of um, trying to establish a really strong foundation for who we want to be in, in years to come. And that can only happen if, you know, if I'm totally focused on what uh, these last 14 games can bring for us. Do you take any of the Liverpool chat as a compliment at all or not? <sighs> it well, it depends, you know. If it's just people throwing up names, and who cares? Like, seriously, like, it doesn't matter. But... At the end of the day, if I'm doing a good job, hopefully it does mean that, you know, um, people will will acknowledge that in one form or another, whatever that form is. But, you know, so-called chat, I mean, really, nah, it's not uh, no interest to me. Thanks. OK, and we'll finish with George, please. Hi, Ange. Um, just want to take you back to that Wolves <coughs> game in, in November. You kind of referenced that a little bit afterwards, talking about how you weren't happy with the way the team played. What, what was it about that performance that you sort of didn't like and how much has the team grown, I guess, since then? Yeah, look, it was just, I think there have been many games this year. There's probably been, you know, less than a handful of games where I just felt we ended up playing for a result. Now, it was kind of natural at the time. We had a lot of injuries, obviously, in that game and before that game and kind of we put out a lineup that, you know, guys hadn't played for quite a long time and... We got ourselves in front and it's only natural, it's human nature for, for people then to try and hold on to that, you know, because it's, it is a accomplishment. But, you know, those kind of moments also I think are important for me to make sure that the players understand that that's not where we're at and that's not where we want to be. It's not just about chasing a result so we can, you know, um, sort of feel good about that. It's about staying true to, to who we want to be through this, especially this time where we're building something and... You know, even if we had won that game 1-0, it wouldn't have left me any feeling any better about our approach. Um, and again, it wasn't me being critical of the players. It's more about guidance to say, well, you know what, 
it's easier because we didn't get the reward. But even if we did get the reward, I would have sort of had the same message that that's not sort of, you know, where we want to be heading as a team. And like I said, for the most part, that hasn't happened. Um, you know, it's probably two or three games I remember where we've, where we've done that. And, um, you know, it's kind of the stuff we want to sort of steer away from. And Brendan Johnson scored that game, um, obviously scored at the weekend. And, and afterwards he was talking about um, how he's been really working on kind of timing those those back post runs. I mean, it looks really simple getting there and mm. you're shooting into an empty net. But how sort of impressed have you been with what you've been working on in mid-training and bringing that into games? Yeah, really good. I mean, um, again, you know, um, Chris Dave's done a lot of work with the sort of front half guys with, with Meso and... Um, a lot of our work is around that and, and getting our wingers or wide players into goal scoring positions and um, <coughs> again it's it's the way I've kind of set my teams up for a very long time and uh, he's one that's really understood that it's different from what he's done and it is it's not easy um, you know trying to get that timing right and when you arrive having a good technique but he's, he's he's got a great technique under pressure and he showed that last week he's shown that the last couple of times and it becomes really difficult to stop when, when you get that sort of synergy between our attacking players. So, you know, having a goal last week of sort of winger to winger is is, is good because, it, you know, like I said before, um, they get rewarded for things we, we kind of speak about and then, you know, they, they understand how important it is and, and hopefully that keeps them uh, sort of looking for more growth. And just finally for me, I wanted to ask you about <coughs> Rodrigo Bentoncourt. Um, he's obviously had such a long time out and, and before that was in really, really good form. And I guess coming back from such a long injury, there's sort of a, a management of, of expectations. Have you sort of had to manage his expectations because he feels like he should be the player he was back in 12 months ago and he's um, maybe not there yet? No, 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 I haven't had to and I wouldn't, you know. I'm, you know, I'd, I'd be like somebody trying to manage my expectations. I just don't think that that's my role. Um, he, he sets very high standards. And, and look, it's not just the absence of I any... Mean, I mean, he came back and I thought in the Villa game he was outstanding and then he gets a knock within 15, 20 minutes and, you know, he's out again. So <laughs> it's been disrupted even with with the, the absence he's had. So, But I've been really happy with, with Roddy. And uh, and again, it's I guess people look at it through the prism of kind of, you know, that players should be playing all the time and being influential all the time. But we're trying to build a, a squad here and I've got no doubt that, you know, Whatever Rodri does this year for us, and he's already contributed. You know, he's he's creating a great foundation for us for next year. And you know, with the midfield setup we've got at the moment, the players we've got in there, it's it's going to be really exciting to see how they all grow. Okay, we'll end the broadcast section there. We'll move on to the bar. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe or follow, and leave us a positive review. It really will help us get to more grounds around the footballing world. You can also follow Haters TV on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat and our wonderful website at haters.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>